Welcome to this APTA podcast. I'm Troy Elliott. Thanks for joining us for our regular roundup of what's going on in advocacy for the profession, as well as the latest developments in the regulatory and payment arenas, uh, except this time it's not quite the regular approach. Uh, normally, we try to cover a range of issues to bring you up to speed on multiple fronts, but uh, today's podcast, we're going to do it a little bit different. Uh, we're just going to focus on one topic, but of course, it's the big one, which is the proposed 2022 Medicare physician fee schedule. Uh, you've probably heard by now that the U.S. Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, as we like to call them, has released its proposed rule on payment for next year. And the bottom line is that there's just not a lot of good news in there for PTs, PTAs, and most important, their patients. Uh, CMS is proposing payment cuts that are estimated to average at about 3.5%. And they're moving ahead with plans to fully implement a payment differential program that would um, reduce payment for services delivered by PTAs by some 15%. Of course, uh, APTA is fighting these proposals as are multiple other professional and patient advocacy groups. In this podcast, we're gonna get a better handle on that fight, what it's all about, our strategy for change, and what we need to be paying attention to in the coming weeks and months. As always, we have just the people to help us understand what's happening. I'm joined by Kate Gilliard, APTA Senior Policy and Regulatory Affairs Specialist, David Scala, Senior Congressional Affairs Specialist for APTA, and Laura Keevil, APTA Grassroots and Political Affairs Specialist. Welcome everyone and thanks for being here today. Hi, Troy. Thanks for having us. All right. Well, before we get around to how we are approaching this fight, it's probably a good idea to understand what the fight's all about and um, get some perspective on where we are right now. So let's, let's start with background. We've published a bunch of stuff, multiple articles and other resources on the fee schedule since it came out in late July. Um, combined, you know, I think they provide a pretty complete picture of what we're facing, but it's, it's a, a, you know, admittedly a lot of stuff. So for listeners who want to get some of the basics, there are a few pieces that might be of particular interest. Uh, Kate, I know you have a few suggestions in that department. Yeah, um, we have tried to make it as easy as possible for our members to get access to this information. So for those of you listening, you obviously enjoy podcasts, check out the podcast from July 22nd, where we covered the three big issues in the rule, of course, cuts, the PTA differential, and telehealth. Um, if webinars are more your thing, uh, the payment and regulatory update from July 21st also covers the rule. And we also have a couple of articles that go into a more of a deep dive on the PTA differential and the cuts. These articles explain how we got here, the history of these uh, actions and the history of APTA's um, fight against these uh, issues, as well as where we're going in the future. So really whatever level and whatever medium you would like to get this information from, we've got it available for you. Yeah, and I should add too that, you know, of course, we're recording this a little bit in advance, but I think later this very day, you're going to be recording yet another webinar that should be up and available by the time this podcast come out, right? Yeah, so if you are um, active on social media, you should be following APTA on Facebook. We have already done a Facebook Live with the PTA Caucus, and we're doing another Facebook Live today, the day we're uh, recording this podcast. That's the 18th of August. Um, so you'll be able to check those out at a later date. If you don't catch them live, they are on our Facebook pages. Great. Yeah, and that's a, so that's a good place to start. Um, and um, it, it's it. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of time to chew on all the details before we need to act. And and we've been getting the word out on what can be done right now. Um, Laura, 
I like right about when Congress went into their recess, we published an article about three major ways to get involved in the fee schedule advocacy immediately. And are those tips still useful? Yes, they're definitely still useful. We know that Congress will likely have to act on this. So the education and raising the issue with members of Congress starts now. In the congressional space, August recess is still going on. It's mid-August right now, and there's still a chance to make an impact. August recess is traditionally when legislators go home. Um, back in the day, they used to escape DC's oppressive heat and humidity, which we are currently experiencing right now, and go back to their districts and uh, generally get out of this swamp that we are here. But um, you know that's no longer a thing now that air conditioning has been invented. But um, they use this time in August to meet with their constituents and tour their districts, host town halls, go to fairs, visit schools, et cetera. And we've had many of our key contacts meet with members of Congress and their staff to show them firsthand how these cuts would impact their practice and their patients. So it's not too late to get involved in August recess. And many of these activities can be done virtually. I know that we've had some Facebook town halls, teletown halls, even phone town halls where um, ABTA key contacts have talked about these cuts and what that would mean for their practice and their patients. And uh, further in that article, you'll hear us say many times, not only on this podcast, but everywhere, but now is the time to send a comment to CMS. Up on our Patient Action Center, we have a pre-written template that you can go to and you can add your personal story and your personal information if you would like. And all you have to do is hit send and it goes right to CMS. It's extremely easy. We also have a PTA differential letter on our Regulatory Action Center. But the one on our Patient Action Center is basically the kitchen sink one where it has all of the issues that we're working on um, in this space right now. And finally, in that article, definitely sign up for the APTA Advocacy Network. It's very important to stay up to date and learn different ways to take action and get up to the minute news and updates on this issue and answer the call to action when we need you to. So we highly encourage all of you to take some action now, but there's a lot that you can do to make a difference. Yeah, and I just want to circle back real quick because you mentioned it a couple times, but um, you use the word key contacts. That's another kind of an option, right? Yes. So key contacts are APTA members who form and build relationships with our legislators. We try to have a key contact in every congressional district and for the senators too. And it's a great way to get started. You can just shoot us an email at advocacy at APTA.org if you're interested in signing up and learning more. And for those of you who um, work with APTA Engage, we also have that opportunity available to sign up there. But check it out. It's, we have all of the information on our website, but we need more key contacts, always need more key contacts to build these incredibly important relationships. Great. Thanks. And, and David, as much as it, uh, I know it kind of can seem like physical therapy is the sole target for these cuts. Um, we know that's not the case. Um, we know that we're not alone in this. And um, we published a couple articles that point to the ways multiple organizations are working together. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, absolutely. So speaking about letters, uh, APTA, uh, the American Occupational Therapy Association, the National Association of Support of Long-Term Care, the National Association of Rehab Providers have all formed together and wrote a letter to Congress about the PTA differential issue. Uh, asking them to asking Congress to delay by 
delay this rule by a year to 2023 to exempt rural and underserved areas uh, by this rule and um, to reduce the administrative burden by allowing general supervision of PTAs in private practices. So this letter by those, those major groups who are affected by this uh, sent that to Congress with really some history, some critiques and, and how to go forward uh, with these three asks. Um, so then speaking of another letter, uh, based on the other issue that we're also facing with the um, proposed rule is that uh, there are cuts to um, physical therapy and many other provider groups, actually a, a letter sent by a PTA and 110 other provider and patient groups asking for Congress not to have these Medicare cuts go into effect this year. Uh, and asking that there be a, a 3.75% increase across the board for, for Medicare uh, fee schedule. Um, just showing that there is a huge group of providers and more importantly, uh, thousands and thousands of patients who will be affected by these cuts. Um, and so this letter to Congress is a first shot across the bow, if you will. Um, telling them we're, we're serious about this. This is a serious problem that's coming down uh, starting January 1. And um, we need Congress's help in order to mitigate that. Yeah, and you know, it's, um, it's, I know some might say, well, a letter to Congress, you know, so what? But it's only because of the reason it has an impact is because of the advocacy relationships that you've been building, that we've been building right. with the legislators all this time. So when they get a, a the, when they get a letter that has APTA signature behind it, it means something to them, right? Right, exactly. And, uh, and then when you have a, a whole group of 110, like including the American Medical Association saying, this is our, this is our line in the sand, you know, what are we going to do about it? Work with us to figure out a way to mitigate this. Uh, is really where those relationships come into effect. So we're talking about the issue in, in theory all year. Then when the middle, when the fee schedule comes out in, January, in uh, July, just like it always does, um, we talk to them uh, about what's coming down the pipe. And one of those ways to do that is to formally put on paper, uh, this is what's happening. This is how we need to change it. Uh, and this is how uh, we would love to work with you to mitigate well, thanks everyone. Uh, just as a reminder, all the resources that um, that Laura and David and Kate mentioned, uh, they're all available at APTA.org. Also, don't forget that every Wednesday we send out an all-member email that collects a week's worth of content, as well as member perspectives and the latest from PTJ, our research journal and, and upcoming events and a whole bunch of other stuff every Wednesday. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking about APTA's strategy to fight these cuts and what you can do to help. And now for a quick break. Let's cap off our centennial year by joining APTA, association components, and individual members in a special 100 Days of Service initiative. Coming this September, join us from wherever you are to participate in 100 Days of Service, an APTA initiative aimed at highlighting a value built into the profession's DNA, commitment to communities. To learn more, visit centennial.apta.org. And now let's return to the show. So we're offering lots of ways to get familiar with what's at stake in the fee schedule and, and where the proposals came from and why they're shaped the way they are. But what's our plan for fighting for change? 
So it's going to be a two-pronged approach, because like we've hit on already, there are some issues that are going to need congressional intervention. There are some issues that CMS can fix on their own. Um, and a lot of times, Congress doesn't want to take action until they see the final rule. So really, step one is bombarding CMS with as many comments as possible. This really does make a difference. These comments are included in the official record of the rule. CMS is required to review them and respond to them. So that's why phase one of our approach is submitting comments to CMS. Like Laura said, we've got the Patient Action Center set up so that you can submit our template letter in just a few clicks. Um, and we are hoping that you will share that link with your friends and family so that they can submit comments as well. Because we want to make sure we've got a very strong opposition recorded um, on the rule via comments um, so that when it's time to transition to Congress, we've put that on the record and, and shown just how opposed to these, um, these policies we are. Absolutely. Yes, the two-prong approach is incredibly important. We have to have those comments to show Congress the absolute dire need for the for action on this this issue and um, you know we have to build that up to then begin our congressional advocacy and uh, to keep on everyone's radar to keep this momentum going on September 1st we are hosting an all-day virtual rally on APTA live to push for more comments to CMS and uh, we are having our APTA advocacy day on Capitol Hill September 13th and 14th here in Washington DC in conjunction with our larger Centennial Celebration Weekend. And this is one of our top priorities for our congressional meetings is to talk about this issue with members of Congress, raise that profile here in the nation's capital and show that you know all these people that are coming here to DC really care about this. And that will really go a long way for raising awareness and, and priming them for action when we need them to take action. And our, our virtual, that, getting back to that virtual rally that's happening on September 1st, um, it's an all-day event, but it's not an all-day investment from, from members, right? This is, a, this is a come in, check in with us at 9 o'clock, and we'll get you going and uh, check back with us during the day, that sort of thing? Yes, you don't have to take all day. You don't have to, you know, take your day off to attend the APTA uh, Fight the Cut virtual rally. We are going to have check-ins throughout the day. We'll have calls to action. We'll have the link to our comment letter to CMS and just encouraging everyone to share this link with their friends, family, colleagues, students, friends, enemies, etc. So we got to get everybody to take action and submit these comments. They really do make a difference. Yeah, I'm, Kate, I'm going to stick with you for a minute because uh, I, one thing we need to know is that um, for sure we're starting with CMS, but the comment window closes September 13th, right? It's September 13th. That's the last day they'll accept. So, so time is running out. But, but then, then what happens after that? I mean, I, what's the background on why are we turning to Congress after that? Why isn't the game over after that? Right. So you're right. The deadline to submit comments is September 13th. So if you haven't done it already, get a move on. You don't want to forget. Um, but once comment, the comment period closes, then CMS is required to review those comments. Once they've reviewed those comments, they will issue the final rule. That will be the set in stone. This is happening. No time for CMS to make any more changes. Um, 
the final rule, as you will, so as you guys know, right now we're under the proposed rule. CMS still has time to pull back to change its mind. And that's why we've got to get so many comments. But once the final rule is out, then in order to change it, we would need Congress to act. So that's why right now we're trying to get as much done as we can through CMS so that we can save ourselves some trouble getting Congress involved. But once it's set in stone and the final rules out, we can go to Congress and say, this is what CMS is doing without question, no if, ands, or buts, you must act or else we're going to um, suffer the consequences of these bad policies. Right, and to be clear, you know, part of this two-prong approach is based on, in fact, what CMS has, has kind of either outright said or intimated, which is that it's bound by law to do some of the things. Maybe, maybe we can question the way they're going about doing those things, but it's saying that, that unless the, it would take literally an act of Congress for it to not do some of the things it's proposing in the fee schedule. That's right. And in the final rule, a lot of times CMS actually comes out and says that, that they feel they cannot change the course of a certain policy unless Congress intervenes. And that gives us very good ammunition when we go to Congress to say, it is your time to act Congress. CMS has said there's nothing left to be done and um, that can help motivate uh, Congress to take up our cause. Yeah. David, you're you're on Capitol Hill all the time, right? I mean, you're just up there. You're 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 sleeping up there. You're doing all kinds of stuff up there, I guess. But so I'm going to ask you, like, what's your sense of of whether the fee schedule issues will be something that'll grab Congress's attention, and and do you have a sense of like the level of support in Congress right now, and 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 what we can be doing? Yeah, that that's a great question. So I think one of the uh, Based on what's going on on Capitol Hill right now, they're they're out of town for uh, a couple of weeks. As soon as they come back, they're going to be working on things like budget resolutions, reconciliation packages, debt limits, all kinds of different things that they need to get done by the end of the year. And so I think one of the things that we need to make sure to do as members and as a patients of physical therapy is to get the word out that this Medicare cuts are coming. I will say that because members of Congress are familiar with this because of what happened last year, we do have a better chance of, of bridging that education gap very early. Um, but there is a lot of things going on and the president and uh, the speaker and the leader in the Senate have all said that there are lots of other things they want to get accomplished before they go for uh, before the end of the year and, and they go off for break. So we're going to need to have that done also in that timeline. Uh, and so there is a lot of work for us to do to be able to be sure to put this on the forefront of our of the members in the House and the senators' minds. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's a faster adoption because um, we're unfortunately now the second time around with the same group of people saying we are going to be cut. This is not acceptable. Uh, we need to your Congress's action in order to get involved. Yeah, I mean, the learning curve, I guess, isn't as steep, you might say. Correct. But, you know, you, um, you mentioned all the stuff that I think we read about in newspapers and things like that, budget reconciliation, um, all that stuff. Um, but we've got some other issues. I just want to take a little sidetrack right for a moment. We've got some other issues in Congress, too, in addition to the fee schedule that we want to keep our eye on. And I just wonder if you could just 
touch on those real quick so people didn't forget. Yeah, we have we actually have some good news, which is great on some PT bills that we've been advocating for. And so um, I'll start first off with the, the student loan uh, debt issue, which is a, a big issue um, for our for members. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that happened recently was that uh, Representative Judy Chu from California introduced the Postgrad Act that restores the federal loan support to graduate students. So this allows uh, graduate students to have um, the federally subsidized uh, loans again, which was discontinued um, back in 2011. And so this is a, a, a this bill introduction is a great step forward and one that APTA endorses and, and we'll be talking about on Capitol Hill. Uh, because having that that support to graduate students is is really important with such an issue with loan burdens uh, these days. Uh, another one that is great is that we had the uh, our National Health Service Corps bill has introduced the Senate Companion Bill. So there was already a House bill, um, but you need both a House and Senate bill, uh, both in both chambers, in order to be passed and then sent to the president to become a law. So it's great news. Basically, half of the uh, congressional situation was changed with having a Senate bill introduced for a National Service Corps bill, which adds PTs to the National Service Corps loan repayment program. It's a two-year contract to, to work in a medically underserved area for $50,000 loan repayment. Uh, so that new Senate bill is uh, Senate Resolution 2676, uh, which was great. So those are our um, student loan bill, but we also had um, a different kind of situation, which is administrative burden issue. So our locum tenens bill was also introduced in the Senate. That's um, S2612. Uh, and this is just simply allowing PTs to allow other PTs to step in when they are on vacation or have an illness or have a child. Uh, there's a lot of different situations where you would need a uh, small interruption of your services and be able to have another PT step in. Right now, that's only allowed for uh, certain medically underserved areas and this bill would allow them to have it nationally. So uh, some good news on those fronts, uh, we'll be pushing forward. Um, and it's nice to have some good news. Uh, that's not uh, the fee schedule all the time. Right, right. And it's the same timeline too, right? We've got till the end of the year to 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 make this happen, right? Correct. Hopefully, uh, you know, this congressional session also goes into next year, um, mm -hmm. and so we do have uh, technically have more time, but we're it's always we're always going to go as fast as possible. Good. Good. Uh, we're, we'll be talking about those issues, obviously, I'm sure, in the coming weeks um, as when Congress gets back in session and we, we kind of get back to our, our usual format. So I'm sure we'll be returning to that. Um, but we have to keep our focus right now on the fee schedule, of course. So with that in mind, I'm going to put one last question to each of you. Okay, I'm going to, again, we're going to go around here. What do you want listeners to do after hearing this podcast? Kate, I'll start with you. Um, you can probably guess what I'm going to say. <laughs> I want you to submit comments to CMS. I want you to use our template letter. Um, you can add whatever you want to it, but submit comments opposing the cuts, opposing the PTA differential, and asking for increased coverage of telehealth. It's 
an important step in advocacy. It makes a difference and it can actually change the course of the fee schedule. So please submit comments um, using the resources we have available. Yes, I didn't know if you'd quite bring that. I didn't know if you'd really, like deliver that message or not. It was subtle before, so you've made it very clear now. Um, <laughs> Laura, what about you? I am going to piggyback off of what Kate said, and I want to uh, have everybody share the Patient Action Center link to easily submit comments. Get everyone you know to submit comments. You can share this link on social media. You can put it in an email. You can send the link far and wide. I've personally asked my friends and family to submit comments, and even my dad, who is not good at computers and still uses a flip phone, has submitted a comment. It's that easy. But your voice matters, and please uh, share that link far and wide and do what you can to raise your voice on this issue. Great. I'm sensing a theme here. David, what about you? <laughs> I would say as a former congressional staffer who used to read these letters, uh, it's extremely important to send them because in a congressional office, when would they get these letters and when they get them in a batch, let's say, where they get a you know 100 letters from their district from RPTs, it makes a difference. They need they have to write that down saying that this is something that constituents care about. And so your stories about why the Medicare fee schedule or the PTA differential will uh, hurt your business, will, that will hurt your patients. Those are things that uh, need to be said to your members of Congress so that uh, they understand what they are. Telling a story is a much easier way for people on Capitol Hill to be able to sell it to other people and to try to get that that bill passed so that when APTA shows up and says, here's here's a bill that we'd like you to co-sponsor or here's the Medicare fee schedule changes that we want, uh, it's all congruent and part of the story. So, so tell your story. Great. And as always, APTA is here for you. In addition to our weekly email blast, we offer podcasts, uh, the live events that, that Kate mentioned, webinars and other resources to help you stay informed. And don't forget that uh, advocacy, the virtual rally day on September 1st. And if you want to tune into all the activity going on in payment relative to physical therapy, uh, including these advocacy efforts, sign up for the Friday Focus monthly collection of payment related articles and resources. It's delivered uh, direct to your inbox on the fourth Friday of every month, and it's all free. Just search for email preferences in the search bar at apta.org and sign up. It's, it's really easy. So thanks, Kate, Laura, and David. We have some crucial weeks and months ahead of us, and staying connected and, like you say, making our voices heard is going to be so crucial. As a final reminder, be sure to visit APTA.org where you'll find more resources on all of the topics we talked about today and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. It's at APTA Tweets. APTA podcasts like this one are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify or by visiting APTA.org slash podcasts. I'm Troy Elliott and thanks for listening.